0: Welcome to the original Vegan Business Talk with myself, Shane Jeremy James, where I discuss life-changing business advice with vegan companies who are making a true difference in the world. Hey everybody, welcome back to the next episode. And today we have Aaron, uh, is it Broadly? Brodkey. Broadkey. We have Aaron Brodkey with us, and he is one of the founders of Theo's Plant-Based beat jerky which i find is quite cool concept uh i'm gonna let him to explain a little bit about uh how he got into this a little bit about uh how him and his uh friend uh, for a long time came together and decided to develop this and uh, a little bit of the backstory and then and then tell us uh, more about the company and everything so welcome
1: thank you yeah super excited to be here um yeah Compassion in business is super important to me and is why I'm doing this. So this is just a great opportunity. So thanks for having me. Um, I'm the the joke of the company is I'm the plant-based in Theo's plant-based. I've been vegan for over seven years and bring that perspective. uh, Theo, who's my friend and co-founder, he really brings the culinary side to the equation and he's been a chef for over 10 years. Um, But a little backstory, Theo and I grew up together in Ann Arbor, Michigan. We were uh, hometown buddies and both grew up extremely passionate about food and health and wellness. And we used to go to the gym together. And when we were you know, 16, we would skip school to cook nice meals in his kitchen. Um, we were those types of kids. Um, fast forward to college, we kind of went our separate ways and Theo focused more on psychology and community action and social change, but also spent a lot of time uh, cooking. And he was actually cooking at one of the most popular restaurants in Ann Arbor, which is this vegan restaurant called The Lunchroom. So that was his first take uh, on cooking vegan. Um, and I spent my undergrad focused on sustainable food systems, which was really passionate for me. Um, I was originally a big meat eater And, um, the first week of, uh, my freshman year, I went to the nutrition club and there was a plant-based nutritionist there and she totally flipped, uh, you know, my entire world. And I went vegan by the end of the year, um, and switched majors to just focus on learning more about sustainability and food. So that was my direction. Uh, and yeah. Theo went on to cook in fine dining post-college. He was actually cooking at Blue Hill at Stone Barns, which is this very nice farm-to-table restaurant in New York, and learning about cooking vegetables and how to make vegetables more interesting for people. And I went on to work in some plant-based food startups in marketing, and eventually was working at an alt protein venture capital firm called uh, Big Idea Ventures that invests in a lot of companies like... Uh, are on the podcast, as well as companies like Theo's Plant Based. Um, But in the pandemic, Theo was out of a job uh, because food service got totally, you know, booted. And uh, he started experimenting with those vegetable-themed recipes that he was cooking while at Blue Hill. And one of those recipes was this beet jerky, which is really a whole food snack. Um, that has a surprisingly meaty bite and texture and great nutrition. Um, He sampled it with me because I had just moved to Chicago and that's where he had moved after, um, you know, being out of work. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, this is better than most of the products that I'm tasting at Big Idea Ventures. No bias, (laughs) maybe a little bias, but (laughs) this is a great product, man. You should pursue this. Um, So this was like 2020 um, you know, deep, deep COVID. And he started experimenting in 2021. He, you know, scaled it up to a commercial kitchen in Chicago, uh, brought it to farmer's markets, got some great feedback sold out at at each farmer's market he went to. It was, it was a real, real hit. Um, and he was convincing me. He's like, man, you got to quit your job and join me. It's going to be like, we'll take this places. And I was like, I don't know, man, I got to, I don't know, $0 an hour for uh, a, a co-founder job. It's <laughs> not the most attractive <laughs> offer, but <So. laughs> um, I, I took him up on it. So here we are co-founding Theo's Plant-Based uh, and launching Beat Turkey in the next month, which well, we're, I, we're super excited I, about.
0: Yeah, I love I love the story. I love the backstory. You know, it's a, it's amazing how it all came together. And, you know, one of the, the questions I have for you is, and and because that's a pivotal moment for you you know to be like in this bigger company you know around all this you're growing and being like okay do i make the decision like do I go in and let's face it you know startup businesses you you're around them all the time they're tough right they're hard very tough so 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 just from you did was it a hard decision did you sit down for a long time and be like oh man i'm not sure i'm not sure did uh you know did the the spouse say hey if you lose if you leave here we're done you know (laughs) like there wasn't an easy decision
1: I mean honestly the first person I talked to was my girlfriend um and I was like hey what do you think about this and she was originally like I don't know uh it sounds risky and then I explained like the opportunity and you know I was 25 at the time so I was like you know I don't have a, a mortgage. I don't have like a car payment yet. I don't have you know all these things. Kids. Yeah. Um, so it felt like a good opportunity, but it took me took me months uh, of you know thinking about it because you know here I was at this uh, emerging VC. Honestly, like Big Idea Ventures is doing really great things, and they're raising a new fund. And yeah, I was doing really well there, but um, you know. I I don't think that I would have taken this leap of faith like five years from now. So it felt like the perfect time to do it. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, it's not going to be the end of the world. Although hopefully it does work out, but yeah, no, it took, it was like a four month long decision and multiple convincings from Theo to get to this point.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He's a good sales guy too then. (laughs) he knows what he's doing (laughs) I mean that's just a great lesson for everybody listening too you know sometimes when things work out in anything it's the right timing right place you know right vehicle you know and and sometimes Mm -hmm. all those kind of start to add up for somebody and you say okay you know this is it so I'm glad you made the leap you know I like your product and stuff and I think you guys are going to do super well so I'm excited to watch you guys grow and stuff like that so tell us a little bit 100%. about tell us a few of the the challenges that that you guys have had to go through and i i know that could be this could that could be a, like a 14 hour episode just on that alone right
1: but 100%
0: man <laughs> <laughs>
1: um yeah i mean the the biggest challenge for us has been getting a product to the market right like you think it would be easy there's tons of food manufacturing everywhere but it's taken us 12 months like I joined in January but I was basically working here in December and we are just launching now because plant-based is already like it's a niche sort of um and I recognize that as like a vegan but if you want to create a vegan product you're limiting yourself to which manufacturers you work with uh but we kept like niching down where we were creating a vegetable-based product so it's made with with beets, and okay. so you need someone who can actually work with that. Um, so then, yeah. on top of that, we're we're doing organic supply chain. So ninety nine percent of uh, beets in America are not organic. So now we need to find beet suppliers that are organic. Right. Yeah, cut out that's, most that's of them.
0: Probably, that's a probably tough one, right there. I would
1: think. not that many. Yeah. So we spent like you know a couple months until we could find one that could do it for our minimums and then on top of that you need to find a supply uh, a processor a co-packer to create a new entirely new process what we're doing is not like a beat chip it's very different so we have to we had to convince it felt like we were applying to like Harvard like there's hundreds of co-packers and we're pitching like all of them and we finally found one that would you know risk their you know, line time to run with us. And then you oh. need to do the R and D around that. So yeah. it's just, just like getting the product to market was such, I mean, we're, we're launching, in a in a couple of weeks, so it's not, we haven't launched yet, but man, that has been so difficult. So if you think it's, if you think it's going to be easy to like get the product ready, that's where a lot of, you know, new founders are going to be focusing their efforts on if they're working on anything that's organic um, or even most plant-based products that require like very unique methods of production. So that's definitely one major one. Um, But I could, you know, I could could ramble off a lot more. I mean, Theo and I are both, you know, it's me and him, a couple advisors, a couple consultants. um, But we're both managing like six different parts of the business, right? I do accounting in the morning and then marketing in the afternoon. And, you know, you get the idea. So um, it's just, you know, exactly what it's like, Shane, (laughs) like balancing all these things. And um, there's a lot of unimportant stuff that you, hits your desk and focusing on what is important. And as a first time founder, like, Navigating that alone is really difficult because, you know, you have a small team and a limited amount of resources and you have to be like pretty on top of what is really moving your business forward and what's not. So that's like a constant struggle and you're balancing like burnout, which is (laughs) real. So you don't want to take it too far. Uh, So yeah, that's definitely been a challenge that we're, constantly working on
0: yeah i mean those are great you know tips for people on bo- both areas to look in you know to step back and look at because one is is usually when you go into something new like you said figuring out the whole kind of process of everything especially in food there's so many things that come up that you don't even think about you know who has thought about that you wouldn't be able to you know that you'd have to go through those many companies to find one that would be like, okay, you know, like, who would have really thought of that? You know, you would think, ah, oh, you know, here's three, thanks. Let's do business. But you know, right. right. Oh, I mean, I think that's such a good uh, a good learning lesson for people in general uh, to be able to still step back and realize there's going to be a lot of, a lot more challenges inside that, especially when you're dealing with a food product, because you've got all, like you said, you've got, there's so many areas from, from, you know, packaging to how long the product can last to where it's being made like there's just i mean we could go on and on and on and on and on right (laughs) so Mm -hmm. um oh yeah you know and then i think too is piggyback on what you said uh about you know all the small thing all the things coming in and and you're right i mean it's hard when you're having to wear nine different hats and then try and put the ceo hat on then to drive brand you know so it's like holy shit right like Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know um, and then I think, you know, it's great that you recognize, you know, the decision making process, because I think too many entrepreneurs don't do that and, and they just make decisions and they don't step back and, and really evaluate, you know, decisions because we all have decisions to make and you might make the decision this way and I might make it this way. And so, you know, I always step back and check every decision that I'm going to make in our business. And I look and I'm like, okay, mm. okay. If I make this here what does it look like if i maybe do this here what does that look like what does that look like so i'm very highly consciously aware of the decisions that i'm making and that's helped me a heck of a lot you know it really ha- you know really has it seems like a small thing but it becomes a big thing because i've definitely haven't went in directions i think i probably would have went in without stepping back and really analyzing them and saying okay mm-hmm. you know
1: yeah we have theo and i have like a daily sort of week setting goal setting strategy meeting that just like sets the tone of the week what are we doing what are we not doing <laughs> yeah uh what are our goals for like in terms of the business what are our goals for ourselves um that's been super helpful with in you know being a solo founder i'm sure is super tough unless you're like a highly motivated and very just like you have a really good grasp of entrepreneurship. I'm sure it's super tough because Theo and I are getting on the phone with each other like 30 times a day about every different decision and let's come to an agreement on something. And it's not that we're doing that. Um, I mean, we're mainly doing that to make sure that we're coming to a decision that is going to move the business forward, um, rather than doing something rash, which, um, when you have, you know, a thousand tasks on your list to do, you can often do things rash. So, yeah, 100%.
0: That's so good, you know, so good, you know, and I think that I was lucky enough, you know, when I got into my first businesses and I I, I brought the curves for women franchises to Canada from the U.S. Hmm. And that went to a $4 billion company in 10 years. So it had fast, fast growth. So I was right in the mix of everything and close to all the founders and, and helped build lots of different stores and do stuff. And I really learned, that's really, I learned, you know, I was really learned the power of processes and systems and setting everything up that way. And I remember him saying to me, you know, you might not see it now, but I promise you when you do this now, it's going to work out. And I always remember him saying, you just got to focus on, and this is what I talk about lots now today. I remember him saying to me, you just become a better operator of this business. You will outperform everybody. And I was like, okay, okay, you know, and, and so, you know, that was one of the things that I I think even a lot of small business owners don't think about very much because you get so excited about your product, then you got to realize, like, it's really, how good do I become of an operator of the business? And if I can operate this thing, you know, flawlessly, I'm going to drive it to another level. Uh, You know, it sounds a lot easier said than done, doesn't it? The way I say it. Oh, for sure.
1: (laughs) But yeah, I mean, that's been super. I mean, we've had 12 months of getting this product to market. That's 12 months of like, let's think about this system and this system and this system. Is it going to be the way that we want it to be? Probably not. But at least we've had that intention going, right? Where we want to make sure that we're setting this up to, you know, sustainably work as we grow versus, you know, this will be good for a month and then we're going to have to revisit. Um, let's build something that we can keep using. Um, so yeah, the systems thinking is like all we think about uh, whether or not it works out. We'll see.
0: It's true. And, and that's good though. Cause you're not, you're not going to know it's all going to work out. I mean, we've tried different systems in our stuff and we're like, okay, that doesn't really make sense. It's not being more efficient. And then other ones we put in and we're like, okay, this is you know good. If I could go back and when we started our Compassion Kingdom and we were doing so much, I should have honestly created a system faster for all the volunteers. And I, I took too long to do that, but now it's been done for quite a while. And how that thing operates has driven us top-level brand at a high level now and mm-hmm. you know that was one of those things where you know you do we wouldn't even sit down and think about you know i always be- i believe two things build a business in the end is teams and community and if you get those two right you build no matter what brand or service you have or product you have you you will win in the market um, but i don't even think you know people think about creating systems around say volunteers that help you drive mm-hmm. certain things of in community stuff you know right so i'm like hey if we're taking care of our volunteers at the highest level and they're emotionally connected to our brand and they're completely happy they're just going to be a, help us spread the word you know it's just a no brainer we're in the i always say we're in the people business like we have services and products but we're truly in the people business
1: yeah that's been so we just came out of the whole foods accelerator which was super fun yeah um super helpful as well and i think that was if there was one takeaway from the whole foods Accelerator is that people are key and i think a lot of brands and we came into this thinking you know it's about the packaging it's about you know promotions whatever when you're in retail the biggest asset to you actually uh, and maybe don't even look at it this way but the people at the store level that are like that have interacted with you personally or your friends that talk with their friends or whatever it is, the people that, you know, have met you and value your brand or just, you know, like your products and you've actually like put in a face to the name that is probably the most important like marketing and community building that you can do. It's just like, you know, you can't be a key- keyboard warrior. All the time, and expect to create some like social community that somehow actually um, shows those same community aspects in person. Like, it's not going to happen. So, yeah, a big focus for us yeah. with this brand is just like me- making friends, you know. And I think <laughs> if we, if you can make friends, uh, you'll probably you'll probably be doing all right. <laughs>
0: It's true. I love how you brought that up, you know, and I think, you know, on Sunday night, I plan out my entire week and and Hmm. how it's going to look. And one of the things every Sunday night I do is I go through my whole relationships with everybody. And and one part is I send gifts to this person, cards to this person, this person gets this, this one I got to follow up, this one I got to follow up with. And, you know, that attention to detail on that side, people don't realize, like, that is literally... secret of how i keep getting to where i'm getting to and you know it's just such a little thing but in the end it's such a big thing
1: wow i'm gonna i'm gonna take that one
0: (laughs) no worries no worries that's awesome so tell us a little bit more about the product about the product because it's a very unique product made out of out of beets right so tell us a little more about it
1: yeah I'm, I'll go grab a bag. One second.
0: Yeah, let's so I can it. show it. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, so his—he's so just grabbing a bag right now. So, um, yeah, their product is very uh, unique, and actually, they were just written up in um, Veg News, which is, you know, obviously a great uh, publication to be written up in. So, I was very uh, interested in uh, uh, interviewing them because it was just so unique—jerky out of beets, which is cool. So, let's, yeah, let's see that packaging.
1: Yep. So this is the product. It's made with compostable packaging. Uh, But yeah, we have three flavors. It's uh, organic vegetable forward is sort of our take on plant based food. Uh, It's 90 something percent beets, which are super nutritious, and surprisingly has a meaty bite and meaty texture. And a lot of it is thanks to (laughs) Theo's spending a lot of time in the kitchen, just working on different recipes. Uh, but yeah, we have a sea salt and cracked pepper. This is our you know, product that's most true to the beet. Uh, it's very simple. And we also have a savory barbecue and a sesame ginger teriyaki. So one is sweet, the teriyaki. One is a bit more savory, spicy. And then this is just classic. If you like beets, this one's for you. If you don't like beets, the other two are probably for you. Uh, And then, you know, future products will be, you know, different flavors around beet jerky, but we also have some other uh, products in the pipeline around sausages and seafood that all are around this similar ethos of using organic vegetables as the main ingredient in plant-based meats. So we're excited to to enter the market and see what people think, but it's gotten a lot of love uh, locally in Chicago. So
0: that's cool. We're looking
1: forward to it.
0: Huh. So, you know, I think one thing I think you said that I kind of picked up on is you said it it's kind of chewy. So it, you know, chews kind of like a jerky, I, I would say, right? In in a way. Mm-hmm. And I think, you no, know, that's that's an interesting kind of topic um to talk about. Because I think that moving in even to the future of foods, I think when people are looking to try plant-based. They're not just looking, uh, you know, for a good taste, but they are also looking for a texture and a feel of things. And and I think that if if that can come close, and it's got a good taste, I think we're winning the battle a lot more mm-hmm. on that, you know. And I think some people don't think of that, you know, that little detail of if you're somebody is a meat eater, but they can still get a bit of a chewiness. Oh, it's still kind of chews that, chews like you know meat or something like that, which I think is important.
1: -hmm for sure yeah
0: the texture
1: is is super important to this product and we do some stuff some very just culinary techniques that you could do in your kitchen to right. really bring out the fibers of the beet in order to create something that somewhat resembles turkey right um, we actually just had there was a, a panel in Chicago and a bunch of judges and some chefs were sampling it and they were like,
0: huh,
1: I'm surprised. So <laughs> we, we hope that people and, you know, meat eaters and vegans and everyone in between, you know, find that, you know, the beef jerky texture satisfies them. Um But yeah, I mean, texture was a big focus of Big Idea Ventures when I was there. And investing in all protein companies that are able to create this meat-like taste and um, you know feel and all of that um this is a totally different approach right like beets it's super natural it's like making a sun-dried tomato but not quite right um, versus a lot of these companies are creating and i think there's room for for everyone in this space but you know, using new methods and using different types of uh, binding agents. And, you know, our approach is very simple, whole food, plant-based. Yeah. And I think their approach also has, uh, you know, in a very important place of, you know, putting something into uh, Beyond Burger to give it more of like a juicy uh, texture. And yeah, all I would say is for... For beef jerky, we think that uh, there's some appeal to those that aren't looking for like a one-to-one meat alternative that you know bleeds like a burger. Or in the case of jerky, is you know there's some other soy-based jerkies that are probably closer to meat. Uh, but for those that are not looking for something that is you know made from like soy or pea or yeah. something, this is a good sort of, you know, it's paleo friendly, it's vegan friendly, it's really friendly to all diets, because it's just a vegetable. And we think that there's somewhat of a lack in plant based right now, where it's, it's a bit harder to get something that appeals to like, the meat eater that doesn't want to eat like a meat replacement. And this is something that is really just a dried vegetable that tastes kind of like meat
0: right that's pretty yeah that's that's pretty cool i i I believe that too to what you're talking about i i I believe that there's still a lot of white space in the cleaner types of foods in the vegan industry right now and there's been so much uh you know on the other side which which is fine i mean i'll go out to a, a a chain here and have a beyond the meat burger but i've said it on many of our casts that I'm not doing that i'm not eating that every day you know it's my treat mm-hmm. you know when i go out right <laughs> you know so um but i yeah I, I i think that there's a lot of um you know opportunity in, in stuff like that's cleaner you know more healthy that you can eat more on a regular basis and, and put good stuff mm-hmm. in, into your body
1: yeah big time we try not to eat too much of it because you don't want to eat too much of your own supply, but yeah, you could get away with eating this all all the time if you want, because it's just, you know, you're getting a couple doses of of vegetables. Can't can't argue with that.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm excited to try it. So where are you guys, um, where are you guys launching first?
1: Yeah. So we'll be in Whole Foods, Illinois uh, in January. Which is about 20 stores. So if you're in Chicago, we got you covered. Uh, and then in May, we'll be launching into the entire Midwest of Whole Foods. So everywhere from you know Milwaukee to Detroit, Indianapolis, all of that. Um, and then we'll be available online on Amazon in January. And then if you're like a retailer, we'll be on Fair in some of those other wholesale platforms. And yeah, that's that's the beginning. We'll see where it takes us.
0: <laughs> that's a good beginning. Be able to pick up Whole Foods and get a bunch of bunch of their stores right away. I mean, that's a great. That's a. I mean, that's a very good start.
1: Yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> I,
0: with all the time that we've had, we've been able to focus a bit more on
1: sales and less on, uh, you know, being in the market and having to deal with like the operational and marketing. We just. We did luck out um and i think you know we're we definitely put in a good application but the whole foods accelerator uh they selected one brand from each region and we got selected for the midwest so cool um that that was instrumental to the business without without that we would be you know probably focusing on some other similar retailers like fresh time and sprouts and stuff like that but Uh, Whole Foods is, you know, has always been our gold standard yeah. supplier and retailer, and we couldn't be happier. So we're putting a lot of vegan plant-based eggs into that basket. And it, it, yeah, we'll be we'll be living out of Whole Foods, basically. <laughs> Lots of demos to come.
0: So well, good story to Dude, do demos out. At, at least there's lots of choose to eat to good stuff to eat <laughs> <Yeah>. for you. <laughs> yep, <laughs> if you're there the whole day doing <laughs> demos. <laughs> right. It's, <gonna laughs> yeah, be perfect. it's perfect store to do uh, eight hours of demos yeah. on, all right?
1: 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent
0: Yeah, that, that's amazing. So um what's kind of your goal, you know, for the business? Like, you know, I know this is that's a big question and stuff like that, but do you, you know, what's your goal in the next two, three? type of years for the business mm-hmm.
1: yeah I think we'd really like to become more than just a jerky brand in the next few years okay. and I th- I think that we'll we'll get some attention for beet jerky but we have some exciting products uh, in the sausage world that we think also there's there's a lack of a whole food organic vegetable based sausage that actually tastes really good and I've tasted the prototypes from Theo and they taste awesome. So in the next few years, our goal is to not just be a jerky company, but be a whole vegetable plant-based meat company and have a few more SKUs across the grocery store. So that's short-term goals. And I think long-term goals, we'd really like to be doing more work, not just on the like food manufacturing side, but doing more across the sort of value chain of food and looking into organic regenerative farming as well for our products and so not just purchasing from vegetable farmers, but actually owning our own supply chain more. Uh, so hopefully we can you know, make the type of agricultural decisions that we're really excited about um, and get more involved in the manufacturing side as well and really just, you know, becoming, uh, you know, from start to finish owning our business. So that's hopefully where we're headed. We're, we're really inspired by companies like Zingerman's, which is this Ann Arbor deli. I don't know if you've been to Ann Arbor, but um, you know, they own the bakery, they own the sandwich shop, they own the farm. We'd like to get to a point where we can do some of that as well, because, you know, if you want to build community, um, that's a really great way to do that. So,
0: hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, and I think that it's. It, I always find it interesting, even when I look at brands and see behind brands, and and they're starting to build like a product like yours, or or you know, move into the market. And what you just said, I, I think they don't. I see a lot of them. You know, they want to, you know, move another product in a year and a half. They don't take time to even build that community properly. And I've always said, like, you know, if if you build that community properly then you have all your customers ready for the next when you year and a half so it's a built-in it's a built-in money maker uh you know but i don't know for some reason i find a lot of small business owners get very lack of det- attention to detail on that type of stuff because i think mm-hmm. it's not you can't see it right and and so when you can't almost see it and feel it and it's a way out here i think sometimes it's hard for small business owners to play that long game you know all the time and realize Shit, like you're going to win on that long game because no one else is really doing it that well, right? You're going to win.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's insane looking at like the amount of like turnover in grocery stores of plant-based brands that will get like, you got national whole foods and then, you know, six months later, it's like, all right, see you later. Um, Because you've gone too deep on distribution and not deep enough on, you know, community or like, for us, a big focus is, you know, we're launching in the Midwest. We don't want to touch national for a while, yeah. to be honest. It's just like, we don't have that community yet. People haven't even tried our product yet, you know, except in Chicago. So, you know, if we had an opportunity to go to California, it seems kind of, it's a bit too soon. So yeah, I, there's, there's one book. Gosh, I'm blanking on what it's called. Um, it's like ramping your brand. And we read ramping your brand at the start of this journey, um, and it's really about focusing on like a sustainable ramp of you know distribution and growth, and a lot of brands and food and beverage focus too much on distribution and not enough on um, sales and marketing and community and you know going slow and steady. And once you've developed the velocities that actually would make it viable nationwide, then maybe look towards for us expanding out to the West coast. Um, but yeah, we see so many people that are just, you know, shooting to the stars and then, you know, fall in because, you know, it's going to cost you a few hundred thousand dollars of marketing spend to accomplish what could have otherwise been accomplished from years of um, marketing and community.
0: So, yeah. I mean, I love yeah. that you're thinking that way. Cause I completely Agree with that. And I've done well on that model with different businesses that I've had. And, you know, always known if I can get this one area correct, meaning, you know, it with people, that's just going to grow. And, and if they love me and the brand, they're going to give referrals. And that's going to cut down on my marketing expense right there on a massive level. And then if I can run customer experience at a, a really strong level, that's going to cut down again on my marketing. And so I'm going to have more margin in the end you know, and Mm -hmm. I think it's just a no, it's just a no brainer you know, and, uh, uh, but it's some for a reason people just want to expand, 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 expand so fast and, you know, and not understand, Hey, if we get this right and we have, you know, tens of thousands of people love our product and talking about it, you know, and, you know, we create the right content strategy around that. I mean, we've got online now, so, you know, all of a sudden people start to Mm -hmm. see us like, you know, see us like crazy. And, and I, I also think you guys will win if you really get strong on your content play. I just think that enough brands, um, especially in, in, in your guys' category, because for some reason they think that, well, if in supermarkets, you know, we don't need to do a ton of content where I would be like, oh, if I was like, okay, my look at my competitors, I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to annihilate you on content. Watch this. and mm-hmm. then all, And then Whole Foods is going to feel really comfortable with me. Because they're like, oh, look at these guys running their social. Look at these guys running their content. Look at these guys taking care, you know. And so I really think that there's an opportunity there that even people listening right now will just not do. Even even after I just said it, they will not do, Like, right? And I think that's a huge play right now for, I think you guys will win if you take that serious. Yeah, that's been, we've been doing
1: our doing our best at it when you're managing like, a billion other things, but we've been doing a lot of cooking content around vegetable forward. Um, so if anyone wants some cool veggie recipes, check go, us yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. socials is a very big focus for us. And we will be doing a, a lot better job in 2022 or 2023 when we're in the market. But for now, a few vegetable recipes a week and some other content sprinkled in. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And that's, that's good. You're focused on that. Cause a lot of, it, a lot of it too is people always ask me, well, what should I do? You know, should I hire an agency? Should we bring somebody self? And I said, look, all of you have to understand with a bit of education, getting good at the top end of c- contextual content to each platform, that's the money position. And then you can literally hire pennies on the dollar, right. For people to help execute that from even different countries, which I mean, you're not exploiting them. If you're paying them seven bucks an hour, it's, you know, 22 bucks an hour in their country on your money, you know? So there's just ways to do things strategically smart too, uh, with the, with the content game, um, and, and, and roll it out there. So I think enough brands don't look like that. Cause sometimes I even look at a brand and I'm like, Oh, you're, you're, you know, paying this agency four grand a month and they're not even executing super well. You Mm -hmm. know, I I can tell they're taking probably 60% margin on that, where they should maybe be taking 20% margin on your money you know, coming from your type of product, you're like, oh shit, 20% margin's great. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> in the, in your world. A little better, but yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the difference with your world is when something scales, you win at a big big level when it goes. That's the difference. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely long long game on, on the margins for yeah. sure.
0: Yeah, 100, 100, 100%. Awesome. I mean, this has been a super good conversation. I love, you know, completely love what you guys are doing uh, and everything like, oh, one last question. Did you bootstrap or did you, uh, did you raise? I wish we were that cool, but no, we
1: didn't bootstrap. Uh, we, we raised uh, a family and friends plus some angel investors in April. Um, and so that was about a quarter, quarter mil. Right. Um, so that's, and I think it bootstrapping would have been possible, but our ramp would have been, you know, we would have moved a lot slower and a lot different. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I genuinely don't think Whole Foods would have been possible for us until year four or year three. Right. Because in our, in our world, you know, we've had to buy, to be frank, like tens of thousands of pounds of beets up front when they're harvested in yeah. order to secure our supply chain. Yeah. That's you know, you can't do that without some yeah. some cash in bank. Right. So yeah, um, yeah, basically all of it's been put towards like inventory. Right. Um, in order to get us to a point where once we got a customer, we can fulfill the order and get going from there. Right. So yeah, some yeah. fundraising and we're fundraising now.
0: Yeah. I mean that I mean that's I mean that's great. I mean, there's just some businesses where you just kind of have to. You know where it's it's if you don't uh it's just going to take so much longer and by the time you you know get to the market where you need to get to it might even be too late then Mm -hmm. you know so yeah i mean there's just you're in that you're in that space where you know it's just uh it's it's hard to do it without it really is yeah theo
1: so for the first year theo was was bootstrapped and he was investing his own money and he had a commercial kitchen space in Chicago, and he was able to make a couple hundred bags a day. Right. So, right. you know, you do the math, seven fifty a bag, yeah. you can maybe make a $1,500 worth of product a day, but that's like Theo in the kitchen for 12 hours, making yeah. 200 bags. You can't really run a business when you're doing that. Yeah. Let alone you could pay someone 12, 15, 20 bucks an hour. Um, so yeah, it, it didn't work out as planned. It was great for testing the market. So the first year was like, I'm going to invest my own money. Let's, let's see how the product does, but it was not a sustainable model by any means because right. you can't run a business when you're manufacturing for 48 hours a day.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. hundred 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 hundred, hundred percent. Well, cool. So what was one of the last perfect. question? What was one of the, uh, biggest challenges for you raising money did it come quite easy or was it a was it a, was it a little bit of a struggle so because
1: it was friends and family it was a bit easier however i wouldn't recommend it to most people and i would also notice our um our privilege right we grew up in upper middle class Ann Arbor, michigan And we have a lot of friends who have very nice jobs now and our family is willing to invest. So at the same time, that's come with a lot of like, um, there's additional baggage with that. Yeah, I I, I agree. (laughs) So I would recommend not doing that. Maybe looking into like a loan program once you get a purchase order from a retailer or um, just ra- raising from some angel investors. Um, but no, it, it wasn't. I think the difficult part is like setting up all of your, you know, having a good understanding of your business, having all of your books in order, having your model, having a great deck. So, you know, it took us a couple of months to build a data room that we were able to share with investors. So it's more just set up, is is the hard part, but once you have it, it's just, it's really just uh, getting out there and pitching people. And if it's if it's convincing and you can you know showcase that, then it shouldn't be too difficult with family and friends. Mm-hmm. If you are privileged like me, uh, otherwise you know pre revenue startups fundraising right now, it's not easy. So if you're not raising with family and friends, I'm sure it'd be super tough. Yeah. Um, and we're going through that right now because we're still pre-revenue so we're doing a lot of doing a lot of pitching um and that's just like the state of the world right now
0: yeah 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 I agree it's not a it's not the easiest time you know to uh, to raise right now uh, you know and there's so many you know that's a whole subject on its own there's just so many things that are involved because of that alone right now um, but I, I think you know, You know, I think it's, I always say to this when people ask me, you know, from raising, do you think I can, you know, I'll ever get it? And I said, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's truly a numbers game, you know, and it's just tougher right now because there's some more people that might've put in money that are a little bit sitting on the fence, just kind of watching right now, seeing what's happening a little bit, you know, they might be a little bit there, but I said, you know, keep that relationship up. You just don't know, you know, keep that no matter what, you know, somebody's, somebody is in the pocket in their, their, they're, I mean, they're kind of interested. I mean, keep that relationship there. You don't know what's going to happen in five months, six months from today, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So great. So where, where can, um, everybody learn more about you guys, websites, social medias, anything like that? Yeah. So our
1: website is theosplantbased.com, uh, T-H-E-O-S plant-based, uh, it's under development, but Will be live soon, but there's still a, a pre-order page up if people want to place an order for peach jerky. Uh, but if you want to find more about you know business news about us, LinkedIn is the best place for that. Theo's plant-based, and then if you want to check out our content, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, uh, it's all there. Theo's plant-based uh, is our is our handle, and yeah, if you want to find us in person. Uh, whole foods is the place to be
0: <laughs> awesome well uh, everybody go check them out and everybody listening uh from uh the chicago area uh and, and surrounding will be in stores there so go uh check them out i know there's actually quite a few people from chicago that that, that watch this show because there's a lot of people that i know in that that city just happened to be one of those cities that uh, that all of a sudden i started to know everybody and you know when i had friends started building <laughs> businesses there and all kinds of things going on there it was uh and it's kind of cool because it's a city that i've traveled so much around the u.s i pretty much but i have never got to chicago i've always wanted to go so i'm excited that i'll get to come that way now.
1: excited for it man i'll awesome. we'll get some chicago diner or something <laughs> all
0: right 100 awesome all right thanks so much for this interview bro
1: Thanks, Shane. This was awesome. Awesome. Appreciate it. Take
0: care, everybody.